1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you quality hunting clothing and packs at a price you deserve. Check them out at HuntworthGear.com. Just coming off of the Total Archery Challenge weekend and a very excited uh, little after-the-fact Recording a podcast here with uh, Greg Litzinger. He came, stayed with us, and uh, we'll get into on the podcast. But uh, we just have too much fun at TAC to be bothered by uh, work. Um, so we did very little content. We did uh, no podcasts. Um, we went there and saw a lot of you. Um, had a great time. Uh, stayed in the house with uh, 11 guys. Uh, had people come up, tons and tons of uh, Patreons. I uh, wish we could have shot with all of you. Wyatt didn't get to sh- Wyatt, Blake, EJ, uh, Larry, um, Chris. Uh, would have loved to shoot with you all. Working on a way that we can do that better um, this year with our the way that we uh, our our knock times were not uh, in sync with our extracurricular activities, uh, meaning we work hard and play hard and shooting at seven, getting up, um, you know, we just couldn't make it work other than, uh, Friday need to coordinate that better. Uh, definitely, uh, want to do some more, more shooting, uh, with you guys. Um, wish, wish we could have, uh, made it, uh, happen. But uh, always fun. Uh, cookout was fun. Um, thank you so much for, you know, uh, TJ for the brats. He made tons and tons and tons of brats. Um, they were they were great. Uh, Andy brought a bunch of food, 
and uh, it, it was just a good time and uh, really makes me look forward to obviously um, doing it again next year, but our Patreon hunt coming up, um, a lot of those guys, um, you, you know, and, and, and for you guys that are Patreons that listen um, and aren't active in like the Marco Polo group and stuff, I think that's the best way to get this information um, is is through there to find out, you know, where we're going to be and uh, what's, what's happening. Like I say, th- this has become... Uh, one of our favorite weekends and looking forward to moving that into the Patreon hunt and then next year into uh, the spring bear hunt. So looking forward to all of that, Um, you know, got to see a a bunch of the sponsors. So latitude was there. Obviously we had Greg with us. Uh, Jake Bush was uh, in the latitude booth. Um, You know, David Riley and, and Aaron Blisey from the fall, um, those guys were there. Uh, got to see Kevin Vistason. Um, Austin from Genesis 3D Printing was there. Uh, used that uh, single arrow quiver that worked pretty well for me um, on the the longer courses. Uh, short courses wasn't wasn't necessarily uh, necessary, but it was just just a really really great weekend to just kind of sit down with Greg and re- recap that and talk about a little bit of the shooting that goes into it. So I think that that's something that, you know, people are intimidated by. And we talk about releases, hinges, um, the, the process of shooting, uh, all of that stuff. I think you guys are going to take a bunch away from this. And then, um, uh, also, uh, big shot target. So I didn't, see any of their targets on the course but in the expedition trailer they did have one of their um video screens so instead of just shooting into um a bunch of foam blocks or or targets they actually had the big shot video screen in their trailer and that was really cool uh it was elk that were moving and stuff like that and you shot it registered the shot and showed you where you uh, shot and even though john hates expedition we got to meet um hunter and i believe kyle uh from expedition and then uh kayla and tyson were there from the dust off project they were on the podcast and um got to shoot the expedition bows and the that that new expedition where i'm probably not gonna spend two grand on it um super light and super smooth full cerakote bow um really cool Uh, if you get a chance to shoot it definitely do that um, it was, I was very, very impressed, um, compared to some of their earlier model bows. So definitely something to check out there. And, you know, a lot of this stuff we couldn't do without sponsors. Like I say, like Latitude, like Huntworth, uh, Big Shot Targets, Jared from Vitalize Seed. We got to, uh, hang out with him at the, at the cookout and uh finally got a little bit of rain for our for our food plots and i was wrong uh this quarter doesn't end until july uh, so we'll be uh doing those giveaways uh here in a couple weeks so there is still time if you want to get in like i said on the marco polo group the patreon hunt any of that stuff but giveaways from all of our um amazing sponsors like i say uh, lucky buck also uh down in missouri the bucks and ohio um are all over that lucky buck i'll have to get some of the pictures so i can post them up but you know uh the zinger fletches we talk about those on the podcast those arrows flew really well uh really really well and the uh 
the fletchings as always. I mean, I, I broke a couple arrows. Uh, we say on here, broke one of Greg's arrows and, uh, you can just take the fletchings right off, put them on another bear shaft and you're on to another, another day. Um, as far as events like tack, I don't think that there's a better option, uh, for, uh, just quick, easy, um, and really, really great flight. Um, so excited to, you know, use that equipment stuff that we really enjoy using uh, as well as uh, they do some amazing giveaways. So you can check that out on our Instagram. Uh, but this podcast um, is, is really uh, fun, goes into some of the stuff. And uh, if you, if you were at TAC, if you saw us um, mobbing along with our 10 guys shooting and uh, you, you could see just, just how much fun we were having and, uh, really enjoyed having greg and having him on the podcast and i know you guys are going to enjoy this one um so as always thanks for listening all right everybody adam back with another episode of the bowhunter chronicles podcast i have a special guest john borsma uh in the house today and uh we've got uh greg litzinger the uh the bow hunting fiend uh you know we just spent four days with this guy and uh we decided we needed to do this podcast when we got back home because i still fresh you know but would you greg you saw all those other guys like doing podcasts and doing work and i felt like you were like hey take a picture of this take a picture of this like we got to do this for latitude we got to do this and uh would you have rather like took time away from what we were doing to like work or or do this yeah yes it's a tough one you know um you said especially like doing a podcast in a crowded place like that in those vent venues it's tough i know like aaron we did one at ata and it's hard to concentrate because there's this there's this something going on the whole time so it's like you're in it and it's like my mind's and eyes are a wanderer so it's like i just feel like like looking over here like it'd be hard to really i think for me give good solid answers in a, a place like that you know like back at the house might be a different story or, or a quieter place but like right there i mean that booth was pumping all week <laughs> so it's like uh it'd be hard for me to concentrate what do you think john oh yeah I mean, we did one at like ata and we did one at the grand rapid show it's definitely it's distracting but and then and it would have been really distracting back at the house too, like with Frank, you yeah. know, and everyone ripping ass and, you know, dick jokes flying around, crowns. So, well, I look at it like this, like, and it, I, I talk about it with a lot of the guys that do podcasts or other guys that like are in the industry and like how I say, like, I suck at content, like, because we're doing this stuff anyways. Like, um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that, like, here going forward, but it's like, if you freaking live stream everything, like, like when John works on the bows, I think that's like somewhat like validation, like saying like, Hey, like, it's not like we're just talking about it. Like when I say, Oh, John does this and John does this. It's like, look, here he is. He got six bows. He's setting up, you know, right now, but I have more fun, like shooting bows and <laughs> throwing darts at, people then then like taking pictures and doing stuff like that it's like not for the gram you know the moment you know if it's you're you're there um i guess if you need that i guess you need that but for me like that's i like to not 
have to go there and think it was like a job, you know, went there, you know, and just not enough time, I guess, in the day to do everything that you want to do. So shoot bows, you know, and then hanging out at the booth. That's, that's a good mix, at least for me, you know? Why well, look at it as like, you can have a cameraman follow you around, you know, but then you got to pay somebody or somebody that's not going to shoot. Uh, like Joe followed around, took a little bit of pictures and he was kind of gone like, but if he was shooting, it would just take 10 times longer. Right. Yeah. And I think about it from like, why are we, why are we there? Like we started going there like before we had a podcast before, like it was super huge before it was like selling out every, you know, in 10 seconds yeah. and really enjoy doing it. And like, would I trade a day to just be like, all right, well, I'm just going to shoot video of Greg or somebody like that. Like, and it, these two guys can get a test cause they were there. It's not like I'm out there shooting fucking lights out, you know, or like, I'm even like, Oh, we know. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> it's not like I trained for all of this. Like I, yeah. I took long shots and all that. Um, aggressive shooter. <laughs> yeah. Be, be aggressive. Uh, well, I felt like it was like somewhat of like a, it's like a different style of the Joel Turner, right? So you're at full draw and you got Greg cheering like a cheerleader, trying to get you off your game or Greg has like, I think your cousin, my brother-in-law, Chris is his like arch nemesis and or like stepbrother. Like, did we just become best friends? Like when you had to come to, like let down like three times in a row and then walk away and make someone else shoot. Cause he was reciting the, the South park episode you had in your head. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> but would you trade that for a cool video on Instagram or something? No, no. Like those moments, you know, uh, it's not scripted. So it's just as it, you know, it happens as it happens. Like there, there are moments like, not everything, in my opinion, needs to be video or photography. Some moments are just better just living it and then having the memories, you know, and, and just kind of letting it be. Yeah, just keeping it perfect. Yeah, like like not everything needs to be out there, you know, just enough to keep people entertained, you know. It will be like I said, it would be cool to have a cool, you know, like D-Rock followed the other guys around, you know, did that cool thing. and It'd be nice to have that, but at the same time, it's – you know, whenever people get a camera around or like I, I, I can attest to like if I'm in a competition, I'm serious. Like I'm there to win. Like if someone's going to video me, like I want it to look good. I'm not going to, you know, look like a jackass. So it's like I think I it would take the fun out of it, you know. Right. You know, like, I'm the same boat as you guys. I went there because it was fun. I get to shoot 100 yard targets in the woods with my friends. Hey, you know, like, you know that's great. You know, a few pictures here and there. That's all I need personally. Yeah. So one but of if someone's going to willing to pay me a amount of money every month to do things like that, then yeah, but I'm not, you know, there you go. A lot of it takes, it take care of me, but not the point where I can quit my day job, you know? So, so like one of the things you said there is like, you can tell the difference between like someone who like actually shoots their bows or, uses yeah. their equipment or whatever. And then the people that are just there, like 
carrying around their stuff or it's all new for them or whatever. Um, that's something I, that's been like ruminating with me. Like since you said it, cause I'm like looking around, like looking at different people and like whatever, because like, I would say, uh, where would you put like the group that you were with? Because like, again, your stepbrother pulled out his bow about a month ago. His D loop was uh, an inch high. His arrows, they all weighed around the same and they shot. Okay. But yeah. he was out there in the the least impressive equipment, but I think he was like pure, right? Yeah. And he's he's he he doesn't go there for expectations. He's there to have fun and, and enjoy the you know enjoy the weekend like that. That you can't you know there's something pretty cool about that. You know he doesn't take it serious. You know and it's a fun shoot. And I I mean I try to view it as a fun shoot. Like I say, get back to the filming thing. I said someone's filming me like the whole thing. To me, it wouldn't be fun. It'd be like a job or like business. And then it would take that element of, you know, goofing off, you know, doing funky shots through the trees or just the, the, the jokes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that'd be a horrible video because it'd just be like, just beep, 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 beep. You know, it's been completely edited, you know, <laughs> it'd be like a silent movie because you couldn't have use the audio. Just have a voiceover the whole time or music. <laughs> But so what are you talking about when, when you see someone who's like, you know, when you're saying like you tell the difference between people, it's guys that shoot and take it serious. So you can just tell by their demeanor, you can tell by the way they shoot, you know? Um, and then there's the guys that are, you know, as you, you've got, everybody's there to see the posers. They're there for social media. They're there because it's a cool thing to do, you know? And then one thing I, I know is not, I see a lot more older people there you know michigan those i've seen quite a few i mean well frank's you know up there but those some guys there i think they're older than frank and to me that's that's pretty cool these guys are are still old going there to have fun and shoot bows which you know not everybody's going to shoot their bow year round not everybody's going to have a skill set that allows them you know like john to shoot you know 100 yard 114 yard you know uh with somewhat accuracy you know but those guys are just having fun in the moment you know, and for me, like I, I don't, I didn't really shoot past sixty-five until I was up there, and I could tell because my groups past seventy yards weren't the best. But it is what it is, you know. If I'd put time in, I would have shot as well as John did, you know. I think he was shooting Jake. pretty good. Jake shot, she shot really well this year. Yeah, Jake shot real good. Um, what was that when you talk about old dude? Like, it's funny because when we talk about stuff like, and especially like whether you're the posers or the guy that takes it seriously, right. We would like, look at their equipment. So what was that bow that that old dude was shooting at the bison on Sunday when we came back? Cause it was, he had a 10, 10 pin sight. Yeah. A 10 pin true glow. So basically he just put a bunch of pins off a bunch of sites, put it on one small site. And it was an like apex seven. He was shooting a, a trigger release, an old Fletch, Fletch hunter. I do believe it was. You know, in a little like ten inch you would be stinger and he's just and he's shooting a blade rest, you know, like the dude had some skills, you know, he drew on a blade, did the whole thing and he was rifling off at eighty eight yards. It was wild. Like it Greg's like, Look at this old dude with the old bow. He's like, yeah. Look at the bison. He's like, he's got two in the ten at eighty eight with this bow yeah. that's older than any of us. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, a, it's an old Apex Seven, you know, you know single, you know, small idler wheel, you know, small single cam. But I mean, it was doing it, you know. So it's not you don't need a thousand dollar, you know, or two thousand dollar setup to shoot well, you know. And anybody that shot field throughout the years, the equipment we have now, even a three hundred dollar bow now is like a thousand dollar bow, you know, or eight hundred bow, you know, fifteen years ago. Right. You know, the equipment is phenomenal now versus what it was. But uh, it's a, uh, it's pretty neat seeing the stages. You know what, it, how it started, and like where it is. Like I said, the only downfall is not everybody can get in there every year. Like it's tough, you know. And that's that's the only terrible thing about um, that I find with that event. Now it's just getting harder and harder for people to get in there. Like we had to wait for different times, different shoot times with your buddies. So you got to wait, you know, and then. We had the seven people at seven thirty, and there's people that have seven. That just that's the time slot they get, but they don't show up till like nine or ten. So it's like somebody could have took that seven a.m. spot, you know, and let let the ball roll. And like there should be like some type of time limit. If you have a seven, you got like an hour. I give you if you don't show up, then you got to wait till one, you know, or, or something. You got to go shoot a different course. There's got to be some type of penalty for that. I think would kind of keep people honest from trying to get those early spots. Right. I, I do like this year. We we shot early. Uh, it was a little rough in the morning, but I think that was more uh, a better choice than shooting 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So from the shooting side of it, it's funny because I felt like the days that I was hung over. Well, granted, uh, let's just put this like little. The days? You mean <laughs> all weekend? <laughs> <laughs> well, but let's just put this in, in perspective, right? So we go up there to have a good time. We see people that we only see, you know, a couple times a year, whatever. We have a lot of fun. We drink a bunch, carry on. But this year, because we shot at seven and there's like, there's a balance, right? Between like spend an hour on the practice range and sleeping more than three hours. So like when I was getting up, like especially Saturday and definitely Sunday, like, I was pretty shaky, like very, very shaky. You know, I never fired one arrow on the practice range. No, not not one. Like walked up there, I'm like we all shot extremely well for first big cold because I didn't, I didn't do any warm ups either. Like we went from, you know, walking right up, jumping on the shuttle, and going. Yeah, well, I was at the point where. Well, you know, I was like, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to shoot. Like I haven't, I haven't been able to drop my bow back. <laughs> so, so that was like, I can't waste any freaking shots. <laughs> but, but like showing up there and like I said, Saturday, Saturday morning was like, we had a really nice Friday night and getting up, going there. And then we shot Sitka. So like, I don't know what it was, probably 70 yard downhill you, you know, oh, is that a deer? That yeah, a deer? I think so. That, that first was, shot. Yeah, that first shot. And it was like a ram? Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was a, it was a really ram. steep downhill yeah. and it's 70, 80 yards, something like that. And I was, I was having the shakes, you know, not not because of anything to do with shooting, but just because of like nutrition, like lack of sleep, you know, uh, hangover, all that. But I felt like I shot better. Because I really had to like settle my pin. Like I had to get in my own head and be like, okay, what was happening at the club? 
Like I had to get back into the back. Now the first day, like I, I was losing arrows, shooting. Like, it was awful. Like I had a terrible shot. Well, so in the first tournament I ever placed in, I was hungover. Like I was like throwing up. It was like 95 degrees, super humid. And we we're down in Maryland. I think it was Maryland, Virginia. It was just so god awful hot. And I remember just like puking in this, Guy was there with his son. He's like, "You're right." I was like, "I'm good, man." Just sweating it out, and I was just so worried about not, you know, shit my pants or puking that I shot best I've ever shot in tournament because my brain was like, "Well, you got other things you need to worry about," you know, like basic motor functioning. So the shooting part was all subconscious, and I was like, just going up, like, yeah, I don't even care where the arrow hit. I was like, just don't throw up, you know, because I'm like, there's like a woman, there's like a kid in my group. I'm like. I was like, just don't be that guy that shits himself on the course or throws up at the same time. You know, that's all, that's all I was afraid of. And, like, I shot, like, a 301 or a 302, and I was like, wow. And they're like, man, shot really well. I was like, I just got to get out of here, man. I was like, I just got to lay down. It's like, just, you know, August, that heat or July is just unbearable, man. I'm like, but I was, like, driving home, I was like, wow, maybe I should do this more often. Have you ever been overwhelmed by the hundreds of food plot seed mixes out there? Well, you are not alone. And Vitalize Seed has developed a seed program that takes the guesswork out of food plotting. Vitalize Seed has two core mixes, the Nitro Boost and Carbon Load, to keep it simple. Nitro Boost is their spring-summer food plot mix, and Carbon Load is the fall plot mix, each having a diverse mix of over a dozen different seed types that are highly attractive to whitetail. Food plotting made simple, but it gets even better. Each mix provides necessary nutrients to the soil, making for better plots each season and saving you money by needing less Roundup and less fertilizer each season. The 1-2 system simplifies your food plots just how nature intended. Vitalize Seed. Make biology work for you. Order now at vitalizeseed.com. And and that's kind of like the way that I felt because I was like I was like oh man like just keep it together like and I shot that entire sick of course with one arrow I didn't lose arrow I didn't break an arrow shot one of Greg's arrows yeah thanks <laughs> and you talk about the weather like this year was a like the first year that we had any sort of rain but the weather was like perfect it was like fall weather like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mornings were nice and cool. You know, it, it did get pretty warm that Friday. Got a little warm, right? But still, like, it wasn't like it was last year. Like Friday, even walking the knock-on course in the afternoon, I didn't even sweat through a whole hat. Like, and normally I have, I'm like a three hat. You know? Yeah. Well, I said I had my long sleeve um, merino shirt on, and I mean, it, I wasn't even sweating in that thing really. You know, and I had like a cut-off shirt like this on. So it was kind of nice, as like I said, it was good shoot weather, you yeah. know. Yeah. Just like out of, the, out of the sun a little bit, like in the in the shade, that wind was blowing, like it was perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Like I I look at this event always as like a social event, and I go up there and I'm like, oh yeah, this year I shot at like I was shooting very very well at the club, shooting Hot. at hot <laughs> uh, boom dude i watched the video so eric i don't know if he sent you that video of me shooting the moose like if you watch that video you could put it in slow motion and it would still be like slow down breathe like yeah. i got I got back i did like this guy settled in and like the arrow was gone and i was like holy shit that's what we're saying <laughs> yeah 
Well, Sunday we we went to the practice course and like I went back to shooting the hinge and after he adjusted it. Yeah. So you like it better? Yeah, well it's still it isn't it isn't that it's a little hot, but it isn't that that isn't the issue. Is that I think like mentally for me, I have a different like pace. Because him and Jake are, like, way too fast. Like, just count. Like, get to the click and then then count. And I've been thinking about that. I'm like, I think now what I need to do is, like, get to the click and say, like, take a breath. Like, take a Because Jake's, like, count. And I was, like, click, like, one, two, three, bang. And he's, like, this is still too fast. And I was, like, I got the three. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the three. <laughs> but, like, in my head, it was an eternity. Well, you're, that's, that's anxiety. Uh, you're, 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 you don't want to be in a shop too long, you know, and you're, you're, you're not settling in. So you're not actually making the best shot possible, you know, like rushing shots is never going to, you know, even look at from a hunting standpoint. It's the last thing you want to do muscle memory, come back full draw and let it, let it rip. No, sit there. Long deep breath in and just breathe out. Just a slight pull. Just let it go. And like if it breaks in one second or three seconds, just nice. Just stay in it. Aim, aim, aim. Like, you know, don't, you know, and I was watching you like there's a lot of this. Like you actually come off your face a little bit. Like you want to try and keep that somewhat here. You know, you don't want this long where you're like because you're changing, you know, your ups and downs and your left and rights because there's a lot of movement happening. Right. You know, if, you want to, if you want to manipulate it, like come down a little bit more maybe so your knuckles aren't as bad but like here you know you just, there's a lot going on yeah it's just like you should i feel like i try to make it so it's like you can barely see my hand moving like well that's what's wild in those like slow motion videos of greg like because you can watch his hand and like he's he talks a good game but his you see his pinky and his thumb like all over but it's in super slow motion it's, but it's like and it's funny because Greg was using my hinge he was like talking shit about it and then he's like let me shoot that thing and he's like it it took like five minutes for him to shoot one arrow and he it was like he just ran a marathon or he sprinted like he's <laughs> like that's too much too much yeah. yeah I was out of breath <laughs> first shot like you shoot with this holy smokes and I was watching the video that you sent of that thing. Like, I was still shooting with, I think the release is so big, like, my hand couldn't relax all the way. Like, the pinky was like out here. And I know, like, I know when I'm pulling in, like, my pinky just, it just starts to curl in because it's under tension. And that's that transfer of pressure. That's when my release usually goes off. But that is so big. It's like, I could feel like the tension in the pinky just not letting go, maybe because it's just so big. Maybe it is too big, you know? I'd have to really fine tune it so I can get, you know, cause I'd have, I'd have to move the click, um, probably a little bit colder so I can pull more with, you know, like even like my release, my hinge, I can pull back without my thumb on the trigger. Like I just pull back straight and even, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable doing that. But I mean, it is a comfortable hinge, you know, Jake's was, that thing's <laughs> way too hot, man. Oh, you grab it. was going off. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like <laughs> I, I, would scare, I would scare me shooting something that, that sensitive. So, so for, like, you, for, real. 
for you two guys, it's probably the best. Like, so I posted that video of you and one of the guys commented on there, like, is a hinge something that I should look at? And, and for me, for, for, for both of you can eat a 12, right? Is like, I feel like my shooting has really improved since messing with that hinge. And especially, like I said, when I'm shooting at spots for sure, because I'm comfortable holding it, especially like at the club, we've got like those big blue targets with big white spots. And it's really easy to hold my pin on there, like even past the click to like, okay, settle it and then, okay, make a good shot. Now, whatever happens with my hand, if it's moving and all that stuff. But as far as like breaking the shot, breaking with the pin on the spot, like it's helped me tremendously more so than like a back tension. And so that's what I said, but I can't really like talk to like the mechanics or like why or, or how. So like the, the two of you, cause I think John, you had the same thing. Like once you went to the hinge, like you shot better groups, right? Well, once I've, well, once I figured out the back tension, once I got used to the back tension, that silver back, like my scores went way up because I didn't have the ups and downs. Like for that, I was shooting the thumb button. And if like, if I'm pulling and I'm thinking, I start thinking about it instead of like pulling, 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 and like, man, this thing isn't going to go off. This isn't, you know, and then bam, I, you know, punch the trigger. Well, then I just got used to shooting the silver back and I pretty much dedicated like, Look, I'm not even bringing the thumb button. This all I'm going to do is shoot it until my body is used to that. So I got so comfortable that I just pretty much knew when it was going to break. Every once in a while, I would feel like, but it, it definitely, that took more physical. Like, because I'm I'm squeezing and squeezing and pulling, you know, where I'm, I do the same thing with my hinge, but it's more like I get back and I'm not like, just pulling hard. I'm just, I just start to, I get comfortable and I just start rotating. And that's what I'm saying in my head the whole time is like, rotate, rotate, rotate. Instead of like the squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And it's like, it's less physical for me. Like I didn't like at the end of the night, I wasn't as wore out, you know, when we were shooting our leagues, but, but I'm definitely, I feel like I'm more, I shoot the best with the hinge now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I hunt with the, the weight on silver spike release, you know, like no moving parts. And that release, you know, the first couple of times, like, this is going to be dangerous. But, you know, I, I want some money shooting that hinge or shooting that spike release and kill a lot of deer with it. You know, I, mean, I went a decade bef- before I lost a buck. You know, I think I lost one deer in a decade, you know, from because I've had deer come in, you know, with the hinge or a spike, you're, you're, you're in it. But I like mine kind of cold because it forced you to not make, you know, rough shots. And I've been full drawing bucks and does and they walk out of the, the lane and it's like, well, that's better than a rush shot, you know, because I'm not going to hurry up quick, get it off. You know, like now my set my release a little bit hotter because I got, I'm more trained and more disciplined. Like, all right, I can have a little hotter and I can, you know, at 15 yards, I can manipulate the release. It's going to be a kill shot. You know, but when I first got in the hinges, I mean, I, I lost gear. Because of it, I mean, because the shot won't break. You know, I'm in it, and I'm, I don't have, you know, 
I'm leaning over. I'm not, I can't do any of this. And to me, that's better than, you know, punch a deer in the stomach, you know, or making a bad shot. So it's like shooting hinge. It's for me was like when I had my coach, you know, he, I, I bought a hinge, <laughs> I bought a safety one. He's like, you don't want a safety one. Your brain's too active. I don't need you worrying about clicking and snapping. And so I bought a, I, I still got a Scott, old Scott Longhorn off Archery Talk. And I remember first, he said, he said that thing so cold and I'm pulling, pulling, he's like, go to it breaks. And it was like impossible for that thing to break. He goes, I want you to just feel what muscles are needed for back tension. Feel your rhomboids. I'd like, Three shots it wouldn't break. Like my whole shoulder back blade here just had a big knot underneath. He goes, Now you know what muscles I'm talking about. Because 30 years old, I don't know what a rhomboid is. You know what's rhomboid? It's not like a shape or something. <laughs> I don't know. But like it hinges, I think if you dedicate a, it's not something I would advise someone picking up in August. This is going to change. Like, like John says, you got to dedicate a long length of time. And when I went to the hinge, I was going to hunt with a, a trigger, go back to my Scott, and I didn't. You know, I just – I was not comfortable shooting it. Like, three shots in with a trigger, I'm um, – you know, I'm like this. Any type of, like, a trigger, I'm good for five shots maybe. You know, and then it's like, oh, don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I do. You know, even with a thumb, you know, like, if I struggle with the hinge, I'll pull out the thumb for a couple shots. It just reinforces, like – just pulling back on it, you know, loading up the trigger and pulling back. And then I go right back to the hinge. It's just something I'm comfortable with now. Like, I don't know if I'd ever not hunt with a hinge. You know, I just, I'm a better, more confident shooter shooting a hinge. Like even in like windy conditions, like no clicks, just shooting, you know, you shoot in a windy day without a click. I mean, you don't know when that thing's going to go off sometimes. You know, and it's just like, just timing it. Okay, I'm in it any second now. You know, and sometimes it breaks, you know, good. Sometimes it breaks bad. So, so like at the total archery challenge, I it's interesting, like shooting with Greg and John, right? Because you you guys both shoot really, really well. And I can go back to like oh three years ago when John was like getting ready to throw his bow, and he was like, "I this is the worst I've ever shot. I hate this." And I don't feel like there was like a lot of like talk, like excuses you're saying, I couldn't just get it to this or it won't settle or like whatever. But when Greg says that he has like an active mind, you know, like John's pretty like calm and cool and collected. And he's like, he doesn't really, he just walks up so there, takes game. what's that? Don't, don't let his calm demeanor fool you inside. He's full of rage. <laughs> But Greg, on the other hand, like shooting with Greg is like Greg's always like coaching, but like he'll get through a shot and he'll be like the bubble and the wind. And like, I couldn't get my fingers, like my fingers removed. Like he'll have like a two page, like diatribe of like what was going on, like in his head, like in the shot, like wh why. And it's not like he shot him in the nose or missed the target or something. So it's not like he's like making excuses saying like, like there, there's, I was like, man, if Greg, like he talks like on every shot, like he missed it by a mile, like not like he's making excuses, but he's like, man, the bubble was all messed up and like all that. And you go up and it's like, it's like a millimeter out of the 
12 or like it was like, you know, it's like almost in the 10, like wrong yardage, you know, like I'm going to shoot it again for the right yards. Like, you know, and it's just so wild because it's I'm like, oh, what is going on in your head? Like, does you, when you're making a shot, like you heard all the 150,000 words he said, like, I'm always thinking all about, I mean, like, I'll, I'll do that a little bit, but the most of it's just an inner dialogue. Like, you know, and I'll say it like, oh, just keep an eye on your bubble. Like, cause I noticed that like some of the shots, man, like them off, off canter, like if you don't look at your bubble, then all of a sudden you do look at it like, holy shit, it's like all the way buried to the left. Yeah. You know, and then if most of the guys that aren't used to shooting that, you know, like, man, I shot him in the dick. <laughs> well, that's, that was your bubble most likely. Cause everyone, when they miss, we're like, if you notice, like most of the, most of the misses were consistent to one side or the other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, like I, I'm very, cause I would shoot by myself a lot, you know, when I was training, you know, and I, I thought every practice session was like a training session and I would talk myself through it and actually write stuff down, you know, as to why I thought the shot would do this or that. And then I would go back to my coach and be like, this is what I was thinking at the time. And he would say, why would, well, what to explain this to me? So whenever, like, I, I just like, I guess it's like muscle memory, you know, habits. Cause knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. In my mind, like I can remember some of them shots where I'm like, all right, it's the bubble. I'm pulling too hard. I'm pulling off. You know, I was looking at the bubble and with my eyes now, especially on the far shots, like if I look at the bubble, the target just washes out. And so it's like, and I, I need to get a scope of some sort, you know, because my eyes has been like just awful, you know, like after 70, it's like, okay, I can look at the pin or I can look at the target. I can't do both. You know, I don't have that depth perception anymore. So it's like, there's the bubble and I kind of go into the target. It's like pulling right. And it's like it's the bubble. But if I get off the target, you know, by the time my eye refocuses on the bubble and the target, like I'm eight breaths in and I'm, I'm all over the place, you know, like I've already lost a shot, you know, because of the, the timing issue, you know, I try to keep the same amount of breaths, like five breath maximum, you know, after that, I need to let down and try not to force it. So overall, like talking about that, like what John was saying, how things were consistently going right or left. And I thought like, as a group, we shot extremely well. I think another thing too, is like, like if if a bad shot starts it, I think it kind of carries through sometimes. Like especially like if you ding one off a tree, like mm-hmm. you know, then everyone's like, "Oh man, he hit the tree." 
you know, that's in their head. It's like, then, you know, or then, go ahead. I, I noticed too, like um, a lot of shots we thought were good, like, cause you seven yards away. You're like, Oh man, we're in there. You get up there. You're like, <laughs> none of us are even close to that thing. Right. Seven yards. Like we don't have the glass to see like, and you know, especially like the bears, you know, like the rising board, these targets where the actual inserts different, like where you're aiming, you know, far forward or far back, depending on which way they're facing. But I mean, there's some shots that broke, like we're all, yay. I mean, like look at that badger. that one on the ultra view with 52 yards. We're like, Oh, we're in it. None of us were even close. Like we were, you right. know, it's just, it's like, I don't, I couldn't even see that. I would need like a, you know, a 15 power spotting scoop just to see that target. Well, and the, the other thing too is like, so, you know, obviously you're the same way. Like it's, I don't have much experience with the 3d targets. Like I couldn't even tell you where the ins, like just, it's mainly from tack. Like we'll shoot our 3d club once in a while. And there, there's one up in, uh, Hesperia. Hesperia that I've shot like three times, but you know, like you start looking at it, it's like, well, fuck, it, I'm just going to shoot it. Like I'm going to kill this animal, you know, to the, so it's looking at that. One of the things that was wild to me, like, cause I, I was thinking about that badger target, right? So 52 yards, this badger, we're looking at it through the binoculars. You look at it down there and the thing looks like a decent sized target. It's not any bigger than this computer. Like, oh, smart. honestly, it was super tiny, like maybe 18 inches. And we're shooting at this thing at 52 yards. And we, I mean, we were all, uh, whether we were in the dot or not, we were in a three inch group. Yeah. All of us. And that to me is like the most impressive, you know, because we're, like I said, there, Everybody practiced a, a little bit going into it, but I don't think anybody was like shooting, you know, since the winter time at hundred yard distances or whatever. And with what uh, experience levels or, or whatever preparation we went up there with, especially like the guys who it was their first first years, um, I was really impressed. Like like Jack, right? Like in his, in his own head, like. Lose an arrow, like, oh, my God, the day's over. Like, ah. I'm like, dude, it's just money. There's We can buy more arrows, like, whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to shoot an 11 on this mosquito at 48 yards. Like, yeah. <laughs> like what? He shot, he shot really well, you know, surprisingly. And even, like, Chris, you know, was like, all right, like, significant uh, jump from where he was last year. You know, like, and that's just maybe it's the comp. You know, you're, you're comfortable shooting, you know, with the group and comfortable shooting. You've already been to that event once. You know, the, the novelty, excitement maybe wore off. You know, the nerves are so much gone, you know, somewhat gone. But, uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see, like, people's progressions. You know, like, first couple attacks I went to, my buddies went. They weren't necessarily good, but they got better, you know, as, as the time went on, you know. So you, you shoot them. You get better usually. Well, if you want to get better, you'll get better. Well, I think too, like once you get over the fact that like it isn't first, like nobody cares if you shoot them in the, like one of those was like completely missed the target, but got like the paw behind the the bear, you know? And it's yeah. like, 
that that arrow's right there. Like we're good. Like mm-hmm. and scoop it up. And we're shooting a group of ten, like which is like probably not what you should do. And we're shooting it at like three times the speed of like a normal group. Oh yeah. Being courteous and having fun. And it wasn't like we were unsafe or reckless, but it was just like, we know that it doesn't matter if we shoot from the cone or if, you know, some guys want to weave one through the trees over here and it's really easy shot over here. So you might as well try that. <laughs> you know, Short people. Short people. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things when we talk about um, equipment, right? It was very interesting talking with Greg, like more because this is like probably the fourth time that we spent like a lot of time together, and you're like, I'm cheap, I'm just cheap, like I don't, you know, I'm I'm not gonna spend like this works just fine. And I asked him like, is there anything that you would spend like that you got to have like the highest end anything? And your answer was glass. Well, you said no. You said if I if I had money to spend, it would be on glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Minus two I got two grand to spend on a bow. I I'd be better off as a shooter and a hunter with you know a two thousand dollar pair of binoculars. That's going to allow you to see things that, especially I'm getting older now. Like I said, my vision's just trash. You know, like right now I got the progressives on. It's like like the screen's kind of blurry, but like I can see up close, and it's like I keep it's just weird looking through them because. I usually don't use them anything except for like reading. <laughs> but so that being said, when you're going to tack or like maybe it's your normal like 3D setup, but like what are your arrows? Because I was thinking about that, like especially for uh, my brother-in-law, Chris, would be to like if we built him like a, a set of arrows that was set up for his draw length and that were probably a little lighter. Like he could probably do some day. Like he could shoot pretty yeah. well, I think. I think oh. for me, like I use the, the deer crossing arrows. I mean, most of the tar- tacks I've done, I've bought a dozen deer crossing because you know they they're somewhat durable. You know, I shot with archery. You know, like but they're, they're cost effective. If you lose three or four, even six, not that big of a deal. You know, I went to one tack. I had the Black Eagle, the Spartans, and I had the brass inserts and stuff like that. Like. I lost so much in the tall grass. Like it was like, it hurt me every time I lost one. Cause I'm like, there's like 25 bucks. And it's like, I lost like probably eight or 10. So I'm looking, I'm like, that's like 200 bucks. So then it's like, and then you get in like safe mode. It's like, I, right, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to risk so many shots. You know, it's like, I don't want to lose any hours. Like I'm here for three days. I'm, I'm running short on hours. It's, it's not exactly. I can go to the, the booth there and say, Hey, Give me these arrows this length with these brass inserts and these fletchings, you know, like they're not going to happen. So for me, I just always went cheap with uh, the deer crossing. And I mean, if I do my part, they do their part, you know? And so and, uh, what do you hunt with for arrows? I have um, this bow here. There's deer crossing on this one. I have day sixes on another. I mean, I got, I got way too many damn arrows here. You know, I can literally just pick up a box over here. I got two giant arrow boxes with like eight or nine hours ready to go. I got 350 spine, 400s. You know, I got big shafts, little shafts. But for me, I'm not a fan of outserts anymore. 
micro diameters. Like it's got to be internal. I, I think for me, like a, a 204 for hunting, you know, and like attack event or hunting, I think a 204, in my opinion, is, is, is probably the best arrow just because you can get that insert factor. You know, a nice beefy insert slash, you know, somewhat of an outsert on it, you know, but my local club's all bag targets, you know, field. So it's like, can't shoot my hunting bow there in the summertime because, well, you're not getting those inserts, or outserts out of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> Whatever that, that, ain't, that ain't worth a shit. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and then, uh, I mean, I got the, the day sixes are probably some of the most toughest hours I've ever shot. I, I got, I think I broke one on a deer, you know, and I've lost a few, but just the outsert thing, man, it's just, it's a, it's a drag when the outsert comes out, you know, or it gets stuck somewhere. You can't get it out. And then like the glue, you know, that, the a, uh, that black super glue, like you ain't getting none of that. You can't take, you can't salvage anything on that arrow. It's just like, well, all right, well, this is arrow. It's just going to be a paperweight in the future, you know? So you said you shot an arrow through a tree. Um, let's let's unpack that a little bit for the listener because that was freaking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the was it the boneyard shot right right yeah. after? Yeah. Uh, you know, so What's uphill it? was fifty eight or fifty two yards. I think it was like, it, yeah, I think we were getting a little bit. I think I shot it for fifty four, and it should have been like fifty six or something. Yeah, and yeah, we're all shooting low on it, yeah. you know, and like so. I shot, I don't know, probably five or six arrows. And I'm grouping them well, just low. And I was like, I just want one in there. And you're shooting through, what, six-inch window, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, eight-inch window max at that distance. You know, and uh, most of the vitals were, half the vitals were covered, so you got just the the outer, you know, the, the right side of that in, uh, scoring system, uh, the insert there. So I, the last shot I shot, and, you know, and it just I pulled it to the left a little bit, and there was a tree that was all strewn with arrows, and it, I thought the arrow was toast. You know, I was like, "Well, first arrow broke, you know, all weekend. I'm happy with that." And uh, we go up there, <laughs> the arrow was fine. You know, Adam walks up, and my my the zinger Fletcher's in the tree, and he's like, "Oh, here's your here's your uh, here's a zinger." I'm like, "Oh, well, at least I got something." And then behind the tree, you know, in the in the dirt, there was my arrow. Still intact, not cracked, not broken. So I was like, oh, and then John looks back and you can see my knot stuck in the tree. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was pretty cool, you know? Even though I hit a tree, I still got the arrow. Jake, Jake center punched that tree too, and his was still in it. And ended yeah. up, I, I pulled it out. <laughs> I pulled it out, had a little bit of freaking bark on it, but his yeah. was good too. And he, those, he lost a few hours shooting in the dirt. Yeah. yeah like, oh, I, that one was that, that wolf was shot across that ravine there. He was like two in the dirt and both of them broke. Yeah. I was like, he broke up some rent stuff last year too. I was like, that's, I couldn't shoot those hours again personally. You know, I don't want to, if I hit dirt, I don't want the hours to splinter or break. Yeah. Well, he's also, I mean, he was, he's shooting like me, like 74 pounds on a lighter arrow. And, yeah. Smoked a couple rocks for sure. Like they don't just yeah, that, ding off those going, you know, three hundred feet per second. <laughs> I know, like I, I mean, my bell is fifty four pounds, you know, and my arrows are like three forty. I think they might be weighing like they're super light. You know, they got it's good. You know, shooting light pounds, light arrows. If you do hit something, usually it's most things. You know, 
after 60 yards, almost every arrow is salvageable. You know, mm-hmm. there's just nothing there. There's no velocity. It's like, boom, boom. Yeah. Well, there was that one shot on knock-on, and, and Frank, he cranked his bow up, but it still probably was somewhere around 60 pounds. And it was a 100-yard shot or something, and he shoots it, and it just smoked this tree. I mean, it was just stuck in the tree. I run up there, start collecting arrows, and I'm like, oh, this one's junk. And I pulled it out, and it was only in, like, maybe, like, a half an inch. It was just like, doink. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's one thing. Perks of using lightweight and light arrows, you know, sort of. There's some pluses and minuses to it. But I, I think next year, I'm actually going to – I got a couple of boats. I don't even need to buy a boat. I got a bow in the basement that go up 60 pounds. Like I might bring that one, you know, because I, I like to shoot, you know, half a dozen arrows sometimes per target if I got the time because it's just – I don't get that around here. So, it's like I'm going to just let it eat, you know. So, 60 pounds, 400 grain arrow, I think it'd make shooting over 100 a plus, you know, because my sight bubble – 115 yards i need to use my sight bubble so I, I can't even see the target you know for me to shoot 110 yards with my bow it's it's not exactly fun <laughs> you get that right. distance you're just hoping you hit the target and not lose your arrow right so honestly the you know we i've been shooting forever and i get them for free and you got some for free we when we were in pa i was like you got to talk to the zinger guys. Like it's perfect. Like the zinger with the zinger, right? Like, you know, like you're just like John, you're like, uh, you know, fuck those things. Like, I don't know. Like I, like, I seen the, I've seen the fobs before. Like these things yeah. are dumb. Right. Yeah. But you shot them up there and like you, you were shooting them at home. So what, mm-hmm. like, what's your take on them? Like for real. They fly extremely well, a lot better than I thought they're going to fly. Um, and, they don't drift as much as I thought because it's got a pretty high profile, but it's, I think it's such a small profile. I don't think you get the wind drift like you would on a longer fletching. I think there's just less drag from the side. Um, so I'm pretty impressed. I mean, I, I can't say I like fletching arrows anymore because of time. There's, it's so time consuming to do a dozen arrows, you know, and I'm pretty particular and anal when it comes to that stuff. So, I'm trying to do it like after the kids go to bed or, or what a house full of, you know, chaos. It's, it can be tough to get a good flesh job and arrows. And I scraped off for the, right before I left, scraped off some of the fletchings, put new, uh, wraps on it and slid them on and I was done. It was literally, it took me like 15 minutes to do like 10 arrows. And I'm like, wow. I mean, that's a, that's a, Another benefit to it, you know, is if you like, like uh, Eric, he was having like the problems I had last year. You do a helical or like a, an offset. If your vein goes on the, the edge of the wrap, it'll just peel up, you know, and then you, you, your arrows toast, you know, with, with the singers, you're never going to run into that problem. So there's some perks to it. I mean, like I was talking to you up there, the only downfall would be is, people know it's you, you know, if they see me at the truck, you know, with that, those things on my bow, you know, on a trail camera, they know it's me. So I, I think that's the only downfall that I see performance wise. I don't see a downfall, you know, but aesthetic wise, I think they look pretty cool, you know, and they're easy to find it. They, they're easy to track in the far shots. So I'm going to you know, run them on a hunting bow this year. One of my bows anyway, you know, I, 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 did a small four blade 
before I left and, you know, 50, 60 yards, it, set, it shot right where the fletchings do. So I'm uh, pretty impressed, actually. Well, it, it show up really good in the target. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. It's like uh, when I shoot here at, at the house, you know, it's kind of like in the dark and targets in the dark. So it is nice knowing I don't need to use my binos to see the way are on my target, which is nice. Well, I like just like you were shooting them in like it was easy to see like your arrow. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to shoot that. But one thing Greg had is he had wraps on his and they were like bright colors. So his arrows were like sticking out. And I don't, I mean, I think back to like the old school days and, and now I think like the issue that I have with like wraps and stuff like that is exactly what you're saying. Like if you mess up a fletching or you're like, you do something, then you got to scrape them off. Then you got to scrape off the wrap. Then you got to redo the wrap. Like I think about, and we talked about this from like a bunch of different angles uh, over the weekend, but like the old like game getters and like the, you know, double X 75s and like how many guys just had them like spray painted, like this spray painted the back of them with like, yeah, the old cresting. I mean, people, that was one of the things that they used to do is they'd spin them and crest them and then they'd just paint it, you know. Yeah. My, na- my neighborhood was white Krylon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I mean, I I wish I had, like, um, I guess he's got a different version, one with a less heel foam on it. I was looking at it, not so aggressive because, or one way even more aggressive than what I had on, I don't know, I was looking at it on the website there he's got a different version because i got the twos the 2.0s second gens and there's two i think he has two models i guess is that right is that correct yeah there's like a one degree a three degree and then i think there's a six degree yeah like i, I don't know which ones i got i got because yeah, I, I shoot up probably like a, it's almost a helical but like my ones like it's, it's almost a three degree like offset you know it's pretty much borderline heel at that point, you know, but it's a short vein, you know, so you don't, you don't really see the, the heel on it. And when I was at the show, he, he asked me what I shot and that's what he gave me. So I don't know. I'm assuming it's the heel one. I just don't know. I don't even have the box anymore, but I, I'd like to try a couple other ones just to see if there's a difference in, in broadhead like performance. Cause if you those arrows are well tuned for that bow. So it doesn't take much drag to, steer that arrow it's just once you start putting the, you know, the bigger broadheads on that's what i want to get you know do some more testing with those things you know, yeah but from, from a hunting standpoint like i might shoot them 80 yards but i'm not going to base my but i'm going to shoot them at 80 yards i don't shoot well enough broadhead to 80 yards to say hey these veins shoot better at 80 yards if i'm not shooting where i want it i'm not going to blame the veins it's me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that that was one of the things is like watching the the cool thing and not about zingers or anything really in particular, but like when you're in the binos, like watching these shots at like 70, 80, a hundred yards, like you're watching the arrow and it like, like comes off the bow, like, but you yeah. can see it like finally start tracking like that. That to me is like just super cool. And especially some of those, like, you know, other guys that have better uh, camera equipment are watching those like slow motion shots, like of those arrows, like out there, like that's just super cool. And like you said, you just don't get to do that all over. I mean, we're fortunate. Our club has a 
you know, even their field course has like an 80 yard shot on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I, I do a lot of shooting too. Like it, those events by myself anymore. Like mo- nobody I know shoots anymore. They're up two weeks for the season. Let me call Greg up because my bow's not shooting good. So it's like I spend a lot of time just in my yard and I don't really travel anymore. Like my clubs are doing some 3D shoots. So most of my shooting is done by myself. So it's always nice shooting with a group of people. You know, it's just, it makes it fun and less because. When I'm by myself, like I, I get really competitive and serious. Sometimes it's not fun, you know. And it's like I'm there to train. Like it's like serious. So sometimes I, I put so much pressure on myself to, you know, like like you were saying earlier, if, I, if I'm outside the X an inch, you know, or you know a quarter inch, it's still it's outside the X to me personally. Because like if you're competing, well, that's the difference between first and last place, basically. You know, those shots those certain targets like you need to get that X and I don't get them. I'm like, like, it's just, I think it'll always bother me just because what I went through for a decade, you know, I think that always like hit me in a certain way. Like I got that one, man. it's a kill shot, but it's like, I should have got that X, you know, it's like, cause I always want that clean break, you know, good mental where you can bat, you know, watch, you know, the arrow's going to hit there. Everything breaks like the, the wall off home run. Like I like getting that rhythm where you just shoot and it breaks. You're like, I know it's in there, you know, like I miss, I don't get those moments that often anymore. And that's one thing I do miss about shooting a lot, you know? So with that, like sort of mindset, and it's funny when I talked to Brent Woodward, he was at the the cookout the other day. Um, But like talking with him, like it's always like super competitive. And one of the things you said when you're shooting is like, you like shoot. It's true. Cause like as humans, we just kind of move that way, but you're going to like shoot up or shoot down the level of your competition or like the people that you're shooting with. Like, is, is that like the, is that like kind of like the content versus like the fun thing? Like, is that a, a good enough consolation for you to like shoot with us? Or you're like, well, Jake and John shoot good. And you know, yeah. Frank and Adam shoot like shit. So it's like, it balances out. <laughs> You know, like, like if I were to actually like, because last year I said I'm not, I'm gonna shoot my bow more often, and three for tack, I start shooting my bow this year. So it's like I'm in the same boat as I was last year. Like, I, I need to make a conscious effort, you know, because I know if I were to start shooting, you know, to like I like I know how John would ramp his shooting up and Jake would ramp his shooting up just because this is human nature, you know. It's like uh. Anybody that's competitive is like, oh, okay, now we're serious. Like, we're going to take it serious. And you will probably, you know, step your game up a little bit, you know, uh, you know, just because, well, if they're, if you want to get better, you need to shoot around better people, you know? So it's like, I, I do miss shooting like uh, really well, but those events, like even my coach said when I was competing, shooting those things, he's like, it's a fun shoot. It's okay. To shoot an eight, it's okay to shoot a five. It's okay to miss the target. This is fun. You're not competing. This is a break from the training. This is a break from discipline. Go have fun. Yeah, I can't. You know, I was still like in that mindset because like I just want to like it's got to be like perfect all the time. And I think that may be like a good analogy with the with the content stuff because you were saying like like you don't want to be like have this cameraman be like okay we're gonna watch Greg right now and then you shoot like a eight you know it's like. Well, that's what uh, D Rock was saying. He, he was going to, he filmed those guys. He's like, 
man, it's going to be great. It's going to be like, you know, bloopers. And he pulled out the camera. Well, everybody stepped the game up. And he was like, it really wasn't any fun because everybody hit the targets. There was nobody, there was no, no ribbing. Like everyone was hitting foam. You know, even the guys that weren't shooting well. But it's like he broke out the camera and instantaneously everybody was like, oh, you know, I got to I got to ramp it up a little bit, I you know. I'd love to see like what Joe's video <laughs> looks like because it was like he wasn't even there. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, and that's like that's good cameraman, you know, when you, you can just be yourself. There's no like expectations, you know, and it'd be uh, it'll be cool to see you know, D Rock video and, and like Joe's video and like see the difference between the two. <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna be like parental advisory yeah <laughs> right the day. Be a little more professional one oh <laughs> uh, but it, i mean it, it's it's always fun and like i'm i really appreciate you coming like over here to shoot like with us because i know like you know jake bush called you and was like hey you got a, a freaking air mattress <laughs> he texted me like are we staying with latitude like do i need an air mattress or something yeah. i thought we got like a, a giant house or something together i was like oh i was like I'm flying on a plane. How am I going to get an air mattress on a plane? You know, I'm like, this thing's coming a big ass box. You know? <laughs> but like, you could, you could come, if you were coming here, you know, you could have certainly been like, oh, I'm staying with the latitude guys or I'm going to go like, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to stay like all the way in Manistee where those like Jake and yeah. D-Rock stayed. But like, it's always cool. Like you're like, oh yeah, well, I'll come hang out with you guys. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's- <laughs> it's because uh, I don't want to like so it's it's business, but it's also fun, you know. Like uh, I'm there representing like latitude, but also they allow me the, the freedom and the flexibility to go up there and kind of just do my own thing, which is which is nice, you know. And it's like ATA in Harrisburg, it's you're a little more disciplined, you know. Like I'm, I pretty much they spend a lot of time in the booth, you know. So it'll go up there and work and then play it's nice good change of pace i felt like we did at the ata that i was at with you and the and the airsburg we did a fair amount of playing too <laughs> yeah oh the and the eight to four we were working you know <laughs> not too much yeah. uh, well, we didn't spend a whole lot of time in the booth when we were eight. of course we built it yeah <laughs> so we built it yep. we're, we're gone yep we're yep. in route yeah, <laughs> but so I guess for for guys who I don't even want to say like because everybody says that, oh I want to go to tack or like I want to do this or it's something where I don't and I think in our group the the trepidation was like I can't shoot that far and and to be fair I'm just gonna say you know. Greg did puss out on the moose. Um, he said, I'm not shooting 142 yards or 143 yards. Yeah, he said. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is most people are like, well, I can't, I can't shoot that distance. And you're shooting a 50 pound bow with 
This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. You know, light arrows. And so what do you what do you say to these guys who are like holding themselves back? Because honestly, it was really cool to shoot that. It was it sucked it was only 15 targets, but that Rocky Mountain or the ultra view course we shot on sunday in the rain was a really cool i mean it was short uh, the longest shots were like 62 yards or something they were, they were big targets yeah too, so but it was fun like that was a fun well, that's real it wasn't long at all i mean that around here that's like a normal 3d shoot but up go to pa or whatever like it's you know rolling hills you got up and down you got some side hill like you got some footing that's not the best and they just put the targets in a a nice spot where there's not so much carnage in the way. Like if you do flank it, you're going to lose an arrow, but kind of makes you focus a little bit. You know, and it was cool. Like I said, I would like to see some more, uh, like in that, in that overgrown, uh, that clear cut, some maybe a bear feeding, you know, or like a, another deer or maybe even out throw an elk in there or something, you know, that, that would really brought that course of life. You're down in the swamp. You were you had the goat in the swamp, which is pretty rad. You know, and the, like the frogs in the water, like it's pretty realistic. But if they could have threw a few more big game animals in there, I think it would have been, you know, a course that would have been a lot more people to went to. And it's a course that, you know, older gentlemen, you know, or women, ladies, kids can walk us knock on course and somebody's like primed. I mean, that's a challenging, like it's a physically demanding course just to shoot it. You know, it's like I, I think TAC would do well if they, set up a few more smaller courses, you know, like ultra view, but make it 20 targets, you know, make it out to 60 yards, like nothing crazy shot, just easy, relatively easy walking, you know, and maybe even have like a, a course for older people, you know, like handicapped or, or, you know, people with like some type of uh, walking disabilities. That'd be nice to, to see at those events. Cause there's a lot more old people there this year. Like, and I say old, I'm, I'm not saying like 50 or 60. Those are, Seen a few people probably pushing up or seventies, and those those guy at the practice range, he was only shooting twenty or thirty yards at the practice range. 
you know. But he was old, man. He was like, he shoot three hours, and that was it, you know. <laughs> yeah, wait for him to go. Like him getting this three, like three hours, it took, you know, it took everything he had. But it's, it's cool to see that uh, the older generation still shooting these bows. It's nice. I think the black rifle that one, the first one we shot in the morning, the black rifle, that one was really flat. But then they put you through some shit that was literally like. You had to crawl over a brush pile, like, like just yeah, to, like, just to get to the next target, like not shooting through it or nothing. Like yeah. you could have just made it so you walked around it, like so that yeah. would have been like a good course for like Frank. But then you get yeah. then they just throw some stupid shit like that, and they're like, "Well, just like clear that out or something, so it's not you know yeah. you don't want someone breaking their ankle." I mean, you give them yeah, flat ground, like, like a kid standpoint. If you got to, you know, if I want to take my daughter to one of these places. You know, like she's not going to walk eight miles shooting bows. You know, but mentally she's not going to be there. You know, like so it was nice to see, like, you know, a, a kid's course, you know, or a course geared towards, you know, smaller or maybe older, you know, people that would just some type of, you know, bust up legs or even backs. You know, they, just, they don't have the ability to walk far or up and down. Because, I mean, that, I mean, there's some flat spots where at that Crystal Mountain. You know, so it, you don't need to put a lot of vert in there. You still have a challenging, fun shoot for people. Right. But most people are saying, like, I would say, like, even in our group, they would say, like, my bow won't shoot that far. Or, like, I can't shoot those distances. Or I only shoot this many pounds. My sight only goes to this. Like, what would you tell them about an event like this? Step up. I mean, if you're going to shoot 80, I mean, that one day we were behind that. Um, that group had that that girl. She had 80 yards was her max. Well, she she'd shoot from the longer stakes, you know, or she move up a little bit. You know, if you got to move up, move up. Nobody in your group's gonna just or a group behind her. They shouldn't, you know, get on somebody because you know they can't shoot 100 yards. They can shoot 75. Well, let them shoot from 75. Not that hard. You know, you're walking towards the target anyway. You're not like walking further by any means. You know, so just she can shoot 75 yards. Then take 80 yard shots, you know, however a little bit, but just try it. You know, you, you might be something you enjoy. That Was that the black rifle course where we had the three guys in front of us that we let through? And the one guy was, he, his max was like 80 or something like that. Cause he would, the two guys would shoot yeah. and he would walk up and shoot. Yep. Yeah. He was, cause we shot that, uh, the mountain goat more like this big ass target. Like you got plenty of, but he still went up 20 yards further, but still just do that. Yeah. You know, it, it's still, you can still shoot with your friends and experience something. And who knows, you know, you, it might be something you have a passion for. You know, you don't need to shoot 120 yards to be cool. 80 yards is fine. You know? Yeah. I mean, like hundred yards. I mean, I have a 96 yard pin on my bow, you know? I shoot 100, I'm hovering over, anything over that. Like, I'm definitely hovering over. Just let it eat, man. Have some fun. I think that's the thing that you got to remember is that it isn't supposed to be a competition or, like, whatever. Like, they gave us the scorecard, but nobody ever pulled it out or, like, was like, oh, what'd you get on there? Like, oh, you know. Some, that one group on knock-on, we went up Friday in the afternoon. There's people in front were keeping score. I mean, in the first target, they all missed. And you're like, <laughs> the guy breaks out the scorecard. I was like, what are you writing down there, buddy? Like, I don't know. Like, and it's like, they weren't even 
you know, some of those guys weren't even shooting that well, like even weren't on scorecard. You know, like for me, I would never want to keep scoring that unless like there was like money involved or it was like a competition type, like some type of friendly competition. I just, I don't see a sense of it. You know, unrealistic, unrealistic expectations because, you know, you see the people that'll make these videos for social media and they're, the editing all makes them look they're, like they're smoking the, you know, the 10 and the X ring that all exist distances guarantee they're not very few people outside of a professional level can go on that course, you know, and 10 ring 90% of those targets, you know, <laughs> people that are getting paid to shoot a bow. I, I felt like the, the, that same course, the, there was some people in front of that group that were just slowing everything down and we were shooting arrow after arrow after arrow. We just kept on shooting until the next group would come up on us and like when we were at the water station i stopped them and i was i went back and i was like hey you know there's there's a group two in front of us that's you know not they're holding everybody up like i'm i'm sorry we're just you know having fun shooting a bunch of arrows i know where there's a ton of us like i hope we're not like holding you up or anything and he just looked at me with like wide eyes and he's like you guys are flying for (laughs) for a group of 10 guys and it's so cool like he's like because on that first target on knock on there we already let people go through there was a group coming up behind us and we're like as soon as they cleared it like they were in there looking for arrows and farting around and all that stuff and it was wide open and we just got online and we're like all right who's in the binos and we just like sparted them down there and like everybody hit the target i mean it was like and we're like all right let's go and they were like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like these guys are serious (laughs) I didn't want to let them in front. I was like, oh, we've already let people in front. They can wait like the rest of us. You know, like, right. there's no way to go. Like, we're, we're, we're maxed out here. Them jumping in line in front of us, they're not getting anywhere. You know, so it's like, they can just wait. And like I said, we shoot. We know the deal. You know, <laughs> like, anybody that's never shot tack or that shoots tack or shoot group people, be courteous and be speedy. You know, if you got 10 people, two or three people shoot at the same time, you know, glass and one or two people range and everybody get their stuff ready. Get up that stake, shoot. Next guy, shoot. Next girl, shoot. Whatever it might be. Yeah. And the, and the range doesn't change from the first shooter to the last shooter. So it's not like you need to range it. You need to like check the wind. You like, no, like you, you, sh- you, you shoot six targets with the guy that's ranging and you say, okay, well, I need to add a yard or right. take a yard off. Like there's usually two guys <laughs> ranging and it's like, we were a yard apart, and so everyone can just adjust. Like, okay, well, I'm going to go with Jake's, or I'm going to go with Jones. Yeah, <laughs> I give mine a, a yard and a half. Like, as if we as farther we got out, I gave it two, and that was that was it. You know, but so next year, can can we pencil you in? Are you, you going to be there? Yeah. Did you, Did you say it was your daughter's birthday? Yeah. So you just like yeah, busy. <laughs> oh, we she. Uh, we celebrated the week before, you know, and then the, the night before, you know, I left, you know, we, we did a birthday cake and everything. Like I, I do, I always tell my daughter, like, you don't, I try to, you know, she's just turned five, but I was like, you don't need a day to be special. You know, it's just, it's just another day, you know, every day daddy loves you. You, you don't get special treatment just cause it's your birthday. You know, I, I want her to just realize like, she doesn't need a Christmas or a holiday or birthday to you know, get gifts or, or extra attention, you know, and 
I probably got maybe another year of not being here for her birthday, but I'm, 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 it'll probably come to a point where she's like, daddy, you're not leaving. Right. I'm like, right. Let's go. Get in the car. Let's go. (laughs) I'm taking you to this place. They got a water park. They got a pool. Like, yeah. I, I look at like situations like, like the Michigan one, like it's the end of school. I could probably drive up there. I think it's like 11 hours, but I could probably make a vacation out of it, you know, spend five days, you know, I might only shoot two of the days, you know, but at least bring them up, you know, because Annette likes that stuff. My wife's, she acts like she likes it. I don't know if she does or not, but she just entertains me like she likes it. <laughs> My stepdaughter, like, it's hit or miss. Depends on the day, you know, depends on which way the wind's blowing. But I could probably make it a family event. All right. We'll uh, we'll make sure we got a house big enough for what fifteen guys next time. <laughs> Just keep getting bigger every year. <laughs> the house that was across from where we were, right in the corner, like that house is nice. Yeah, nobody they, was there either. It was empty. Yeah, except for the two cats in the yard. Yeah, Those cats were fat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so was there anything else from the weekend that like kind of stuck out? For you, um, the amount of it's a lot more. It was busier this year. Um, it's a lot, definitely a lot more foot traffic in the booth. You know, we they sold a lot of saddles up there, a lot of gear, um, and they were the people were itching to buy. You know, that last day there, like Sunday, we were sold. Me and Jake Bush there, we were knocking them out of the park. Seems like it was like, and they're getting in it, and it's like they're buying. It's like, oh, what's this? Either sales we have ever made, you know. But it was a, it was a lot more different vendors, which is nice. Like I said, I remember first couple taxes, they had like two or three vendors. Like it was like nothing, you know. Now you're seeing some bigger companies like get behind it, so it's it's nice, you know. I, I that mountain does seem small to hold event, you know. They seem like that main hub is just it's it's very crowded. You know, um, like in the practice range, it wasn't too bad. You know, I've seen worse. So it was was pretty good. Um, So I would like to see the stays of that mountain use two chairlifts to go up, you know, maybe like separate knock on course on the other lift, you know, so everybody's not just choking up in that one lift. Might streamline things a little bit better. Well, I I mean, do they have plans of going back to Boyan? I don't know. I, I would have to think that they did, but I think they like this venue for like the resources. And I, I don't know why, but I guess like the condos at Boyne are like really spread out. Like the ones we stay in are nice, but the ones are like way yeah, off the course. And like, I don't know what they have, like what. There's a whole village like that we first stayed in. I mean, then that's not that much farther than what we stayed just now. I mean, you walk right by it. Like mm-hmm. it, that first year, we walked right and we ended our course. We walked ended back the out. Thing, yeah. But yeah. but the venue itself is like what you're saying. It's a lot more spread out on the in the main hub. So like, there's a bigger practice range, and especially mm-hmm. now with the popularity of it, and you know, like the other, there are 25 targets. 
and it gets down to the end. And it's like, well, I guess 25, 20 wasn't bad, but it's like just getting in and like, let's f- few more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but, I said it. there's some changes. Like, but the, it's hard, hard to get tickets. Like, well, you, you were wheeling dealing there. I don't to get tickets, right? Yeah. Well, like, calling in fake person doing three or four phones, yeah. you know, like you're a sports agent. <laughs> well, it, it, it's just, they do, a, they really, I think they really treat you well and they really do a, like appreciate you. So they try to accommodate everybody. Um, but yeah, it's like, you have to be on the, in the minute. Like there just seems to be like some sort of, that there has to be a better way for that, but almost like you need like a lottery system. Like, all right, you get it, you get a lottery, luck of the draw, whatever it might be, you know, and like dr- going out West, like you have a group, you all get the same group up to say 10 people that way. Cause I mean, that, I mean, a few years ago, they had what groups of four was it like the max or five. Like, well, dude, come up with six people. There's always like an odd man out. You're like, sorry, sorry, Bob, you're beat. You know, like, <laughs> like, that group, like a group of 10 people. But if you one, if somebody draws, like, then they all draw that, that, that same time. I mean, there's, like I said, there's got to be a, a better system than just getting overwhelmed service. Because what if guys at work can't get on the phone? You know, if I'm like, I'm at work, it's, it's prime time and you got to be on the phone. Well, I can't say, sorry, boss. I go, you know, get on the phone and my email, you know, like, no, I don't have that, you know, I don't have that luxury. And some guys that have been shooting, you know, you're working that day, you can't get on. So it's, I don't think there's any good way to do it. Cause somebody's going to get hosed at some point in time, you know? I, I mean, I, but I like, lo- I like the, like, just like legit, like, just like a lottery system. Like, like you got, you know, we've been doing it for four years. Like we got four points, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, well, yeah. like you, well, they have the, when I was going to the, the PA one, you have the, well, you get the first dibs. Well, I like to, you know, I don't mind shooting at 7 a.m. You know, and like we couldn't get to 7 a.m. So, so we're at the practice range. My buddy at the time, you know, he was 4 a.m. Like he's not working out doing all this stuff. So like we're at the practice range at 6 shooting. So we're going up to the lift and ask the guy to get on. There's nobody at 7 o'clock. Like that lift's empty. Like there should be penalties. If you get to 7, that should be type scanned. If you don't show up at 7, well, then you lose that slot time. You're not allowed to bid on that slot time because – you know, nobody was going up seven. It's like, dude, we can go. Like, there's nobody coming. Can we go up? No. You're like nine o'clock. And it's like nine o'clock is like the worst time. And that's when everybody's getting up, getting up there. It's like, I could already, we could already been done. Right. Could do, you know, it's like, we can blast through. Like, no problem. Or if they sent up like, like, well, how many's in your group? Doesn't really matter. Send up one group for Sitka. Then, yep. then. Because it takes how long, ever long the freaking chairlift goes. So then you send up Prime, then you send up Knock On, then you send up another Sitka. Instead of sending like, we're going to send up 25 people for Sitka so that you all get up there at the exact same time and you all have to wait for one another. Yeah. It's like, you'd have been better off like doing doing that like on the course. But I think on the course, it all works itself out because you got people in. You know, that's another benefit of shooting of, with, with 10 guys, right? 
It's like, you guys don't understand, but the rest of us do. Like, you got 10 guys looking for your arrow. So you're like, yeah. if 10 guys don't see it in the first, like, minute, like, we're out. Like, it's gone. True. Like, but you yeah, got yeah. you got 20 eyeballs, you know. Yeah. And there needs to be some, like, some, some rules set in place. You know, you got a minute to look for your arrow. Like, reinforce that a couple of times throughing the course. And, I mean, look at that. that uh, the knock on those people were behind the target looking for the arrow, like nothing in front of the target. Like maybe put a flag near there, like you know, like you're gonna be looking for your arrow, like do something so somebody knows like you're behind those targets. Yeah, just uh, uh, the safety, you know, aspect of it. I don't know, like things like that could, might pay off, especially in a in a wood situation. Like if you're 20 yards behind a target, somebody rolls up, it's oh, it's fair game. And a lot of people miss up there, you know, some of these harder targets, like, like I'm surprised, like there hasn't been an accident or two at one of these events. Mm -hmm. Well, and some of those ones, like uh, when, right where we left Joe, right on the sick course, we're walking and like, literally like that one target was shooting up, like kind of like at you just on the other side of the hill. So it was like, we all like started walking and we were like, eh, we probably want to be over here and like make a big loop around. It was target, I think. Everybody's like shooting uphill. Like, I think it seems sketchy, but I don't know if any arrows would ever make it up that far. <laughs> Maybe John's arrows, but you know, <laughs> us, mere, us mere mortals, no. <laughs> but so, what do you got going on this year? Like coming up for hunting? Um, probably hit up Delaware. Um, I know I might do something with the latitude. Um, guys, Illinois or Indiana or somewhere, if, if the schedules line up, you know, like it's a, I have the third week of November off. One, two, three. Yeah. And the first week I got Halloween, but it's Halloween and my wife's birthday. So I'm not going anywhere that week. You know, I, I used to go to PA at Johnny's cabin that week, but now when that's older, like I can't, um, do that. So. I'll probably just do Delaware, Jersey, and maybe something with the latitude guys. You know, I've had this sold some weeks, you know, some hours back to UPS uh, this year. I uh, burned through some time, you know, family sick, I was sick, you know, two, three, four days. It'd be nice to have an extra four days right now that <laughs> I had when I was sick, you know. I, I would take off like middle of October, you know, that'd be great. I could probably shoot it here, middle of October, but. I'll be a weekend warrior for most parts of the season. When does your season start? Jersey is like the right around September 10th or 11th, whatever that Saturday is in that time frame in Delaware, September 1st. So. You guys are still earning a buck? Of course. <laughs> it's to earn a buck and you can shoot five bucks. So, At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. All right. All right. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I got to camp. Uh, we're going to camp down. Delaware and central Delaware there where we've been hunting. And uh, I said, Delaware 
outlaw trail camera. So that'll be interesting to see um, how that plays out with pressure this year. As far as out-of-state pressure, I think it's going to scare some people away. And some people might not even know about it. So it'll be, it'll be interesting this year down there. You'd be calling the CO on every trail camera you see? Yeah, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I can't use them. No one can use them. <laughs> Here's a pin. Yep. Rules are rules. <laughs> I don't make the rules. But, uh, I, I was going to get down and put a bunch of cameras up too. Like I, I had five cameras I was going to deploy down there. And I'm like, well, I guess they're not going down there. So, all right. So I guess I'll just put them around here. I, I don't really do much summertime stuff here in Jersey as far as like scouting or, or trail cameras. I'll put things out, but you know, that, Unless you know, come come all uh, you know, August, July, people are throwing out their bait piles and getting all that stuff ready. So, trying to get good intel of a consistent movement here in Jersey can be tough. It's more frustrating for me, so I don't really bother with it. Well, if you end up having, uh, you know, the first weekend in October off, we got a a hell of a deer camp out here where you can just uh, come and not shoot anything or just shoot some does. So, <laughs> it'll be well yeah. worth your time. Yeah, let's put a, it's Kevin and those guys. They're doing their one up there for opening week, too. And I'm like, I don't have enough time this year. I, I do get an extra week vacation, so I'll have seven weeks off next year. So that'll be nice. That'll work. That'll work. Not, not to brag or anything, but I'll have seven weeks off. <laughs> uh, well, I think we could wrap this up, Greg. Um, where can people follow along with you for more uh, shooting tips and uh, all that stuff? And uh, th- that's a really nice hat. Where can people buy those? Yeah, there was this guy in Michigan that made a few up for me. You know, he's a real nice guy most of the time. You know, <laughs> you know he likes to drink. You know, he really does like to drink and party. So he was, he wouldn't, he actually wouldn't take any money for it. So you gotta watch out for guys like that. There's always, always playing some type of angle. <laughs> free in this world so <laughs> oh no we just appreciate you yeah adam adam built the hats so you hit adam up if you want one he's your guy <laughs> i'm just gonna have to buy the logo from you license it <laughs> like every hat you get a dollar <laughs> <laughs> pay for your michigan trip <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah sell a thousand hats all right a thousand bucks <laughs> Sold your soul. Got, yeah, Chris left his hat. I got I put it on there. He hit me up. He's like, Yeah, did Jake have a hat? I was like, No, I, I gave him one of the, the mesh ones. He's like, Oh, I thought that was Jake's hat. He sent my hat back. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then TJ, I thought I was going to give him a hat. And then, like, we were like cleaning up the house and we're like gone. And it was like, and like, you could get to the airport mode. It was like, Shit. I was like, yeah, send me your address. I'll send you one too. You know, <laughs> these hats are actually costing me money. <laughs> well, I got to the airport. Like, I'm glad I was early because I got there super early, and like they they got to ask your weight and weigh your bags because the plane's so small. Well, the group, the plane in front of me, when the family comes in, and the one I guess daughter or cousin or whatever they're from like Alabama or somewhere was outside like on the phone. Well, they go in, and then the guy's like, "All right, everybody." Got some bad news. We're like 100 pounds overweight. Someone's got to stay here. And the whole family was like, and he's like, if somebody volunteers or it's the last person. 
And I'm sitting there just like on the couch, like, <laughs> well, I'm glad I checked in because I'm number one, you know? But, uh, somebody had the, the, the guy, he's like, I just live in Chicago, so I'll, I'll, I'll just stay. You know, I'll, I'll get on the next one. And the guy's like, I, I can probably get you on the next flight, at, 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 you know, one of these. I'm like, probably. I was like, I was like, that's a drive, you know, from Manistee. I mean, that's like a five hour drive, I think. And I'm like, probably. I'm like, no, I'm getting on that plane. Sorry. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, wow, like first come, first serve. I was like, when I, I checked in, literally, it was like, the guy's like, all right, what's your name? And, and then you go sit down, and TSA opens. Like you're at the mall, you got like the a locked, you know, like a storefront. They open it up, they scan everything. You know, I got bag checked. I had to go through my bag. Like, you got something in here. I was like, yeah, I got this, 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 and this. The lady's like so nice. You know, she's like, I, I don't want to mess your stuff up. It was all packed nice and neat. She's like, I'm looking for this. I look at it, I was like, that's a lacrosse ball. And the one guy in the back was like, we need to check it anyway. I was like, we are. Settle down. It's okay. You know? But it was like four four people to check like eight people on a plane, and they go through and shut the doors and get out, and then like then you wait for a plane. I'm like, you guys got the best gig in town, man. Like there's like four or five flights a day, and they're probably making you know quite a bit of money doing what they do. I was like, I'm not too shabby here, man. It's the same way when I flew out of Muskegon to <clears throat> to Montana. Same thing. Like the TSA people walked in in front of me. Like yeah. they walked in with their coffee and all of a sudden it was the same thing like <laughs> open it up. Yeah. Okay, come through. Yeah. Then they get done. <laughs> close yeah, it up. They, yeah, and they were like the one guy they were like I like to say funny stuff and break balls, but they were it's not their cup of tea. Obviously. All, I set the bag down next to where the table is like, Sir, the line starts here. And literally, meanwhile, like we're like, it's like two feet where I was standing in the bag. He goes, the line starts here. And he points in front of the like podium. I'm like, he's like, the line starts here. I'm like looking at him. I'm like, well, no. He goes, the line's like, oh, I got to get my bag. And then I put, so I put my bag down front. He takes my stuff. And I'm like, what? It's right here. Like, like, I can touch the table where I'm standing. And I'm like, all right, dude. What do you want to play? Cool. Uh, all right. I, I really wish I would have got that trophy, uh, trophy in your oh. bag. <laughs> when they say you're going to check your bag, that's the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, oh, God, it's, in there. I was like it's so in there, stuffed somewhere. And I'm like, that and the crown. <laughs> yeah. I really <laughs> thought it was in there. I was like, fucking motherfucker. Well, I told, who'd I tell? I told Frank, I'm like, man, we need to get that in his bag before he leaves. <laughs> Like, imagine yeah, I, getting checked at TSA and be like, what the? F-? Yeah. Literally, I, I, to shit you not, I was like, wow, this is, this is really happening. I was like, these motherfuckers hit that in my bag. And I'm like, and I'm thinking myself, I was like, oh, this is awkward because there's like eight people on a plane and TSA people. And it's like, I don't look like a normal mission going on the fucking plane. So I'm like, this is going to be an odd flight. If I get on, all right, sweet. <laughs> Grandma switches her seat. Nana that was falling asleep switches her seat next to me to be next to you. Yeah, game game's like, hey, big boy, no. <laughs> this guy knows how to party. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of my old husband Harold. Oh man. All right, dude. 
I yeah, know. Inviting. Thanks for the hospitality and the hats. Probably be like uh, what ATA is next. Uh, yeah, next shindig. So middle of January, what middle of January? Yep, second week Where's of January, it? I think. Missouri, Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri. Really? Is that, mm-hmm. is that a first? Yep. That's a poke. We'll just have to fly, John. Let's break out the company credit card. It's a good twelve-hour, more than that, probably. Yeah. We drove down there and did a job two years ago. Yeah. No thanks. No yeah, thanks. I think, I think I'm like eighteen hours from Missouri. Yeah. You can pick me up, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's at the airport. You pick him up. Manatee Airport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll uh, we'll wrap this up. This is a bow hunting fiend and no no Facebook no no are you on TikTok yet no just Instagram just the gram just the gram and 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 YouTube yep 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 alright thank you sir yeah man later Stand presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.